0: How would you describe the year 2020? A struggle? A test of our humanity? Someone really had fun on Twitter asking others to describe songs that perfectly describe 2020. Here are a few fan favorites. Alexa, play If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. Don't Stand So Close to Me by The Police. I'm Just Dancing by Myself by Billy Idol. It's the End of the World as We Know It by R.E.M. What if I said that 2020 was the definitive year of nonlinear growth? Think about it. We've had to learn how to wash our hands correctly, engage others while staying physically distant, really think about what matters most to us, and invest in fewer but more authentic relationships. We've had to learn all kinds of new digital skills and amplify other capabilities. Some new, many rusted. Although we may not look back on 2020 with fondness, join me on this episode of the Curvebenders podcast as we discuss nonlinear growth to accelerate your relevance. Hi there, this is David Knorr, host of the Curvebenders podcast. I'm excited to share insights with you at the intersection of the future of work And strategic relationships. Make no mistake about it, there are a number of forces in the next two decades that will dramatically change the way we live, the way we work, the way we play, and the way we serve others. And I believe there are these relationships that will come into our lives that can change both the direction and destination of where we're headed. Those are the individuals I call curve benders. So in each episode, I want to share with you insights from our research, from our interviews of great guests and their incredible experiences. I want to invite people to share their ideas and examples of not just coaches and mentors, but real curve benders that have had a profound impact on their lives. Specifically, we're going to talk about pragmatic ideas in the evolution of your skills, your knowledge and your behaviors. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Curvebenders podcast. Over the course of the series, I've interviewed some amazing colleagues and friends, thought and practice leaders, authors of new amazing books, and incredible CEOs who are trying to adapt the best they know how in these challenging times. I'll continue those, but today I want to dive into one of the key ideas in my forthcoming book, Curvebenders, this idea of nonlinear growth. My premise in the book is that in the future of how we'll live, work, play, and give what we've all had to do very differently in 2020, there are 15 forces that our research shows that will create headwind, tailwind, and turbulence in our journey. To remain relevant, you'll have to continue to learn, grow, think, and lead differently. For most, that growth is a straight linear curve. They'll continue to iterate, learn something new, apply it at some point in the future, and simply keep getting better at what they do and how they do it. If nothing else, 2020 has taught us that only when you accelerate that learning and shift it from a linear curve to a nonlinear one, more like a hockey stick than a straight line, will you remain relevant. So in this episode, I want to share some ideas for you to think about as we wrap up a forgettable year, Of all those attributes, the struggle, the grind, the uncertainty, the unrest, and the resilience, so how we can adapt and really get better at this faster moving ahead. When you improve a little each day, eventually big things occur. When you improve conditioning a little each day, eventually you have a big improvement in conditioning. Not tomorrow, not the next day, but eventually a big gain is made. Don't look for the big, quick improvement. Seek the small improvement one day at a time. That's the only way it happens. And when it happens, it lasts. Legendary UCLA men's basketball coach, John Wooden. Curiosity must become your spark plug that ignites your ongoing pursuit of questioning why things happen, not just what's happening. Dr. Jordan Pobnik is the Canada Research Chair in Cognitive Neuroscience in the Department of Psychology at Queen's University. In his recent research of what he calls thought worms as activity patterns in our brain, he and his team were able to measure 6,200 thoughts in a single day. By designing a new method to pinpoint the beginning and end of a thought, he was able to isolate specific moments when we're focused on a single idea. Beyond daydreaming or really thinking about what you like for dinner tonight, what if those thought patterns were inquiries and explorations of new paths forward? What if instead of constantly being glued to the latest headlines about maybe the Kardashians or some overpaid athlete or political grandstanding by the Hollywood elites, you became fascinated by something called the cone of possibilities? In your future path, what is all the possible ways you could grow? What are the probable ones? And how do we pinpoint the direction you intentionally want to go? So in my research, in our synthesizing, in our interviews of over 100 executives, I've identified four archetypes of lifelong learners. You've heard this before of how if you're going to grow, you need to become a lifelong learner. Well, what do those people look like? Number one, call them insatiable knowledge seekers right? They're constantly seeking new and challenging learning opportunities to improve their skills, their knowledge. They want to gain new wisdom or optimize the application of an idea. Again, I think 2020 has forced many of us to figure that out as we go. Now, were you really a video meeting expert before this year? Maybe. Some certainly people were, proactive in WebEx or Microsoft Teams or Zoom or some of these other tools. But when we physically can't meet in person, I think post-March, we all had to amplify, not just learning some of these tools, but how do I digitally show up and digitally show up consistently? And how do I continue to add value if I can't meet others in person? That's an example of immersing yourself in, a knowledge, a skill that you had to learn pretty quickly. Another archetype is relational learners. These are people that are constantly seeking communities of learners and thrive through these knowledge centers of excellence, right? They're very active in various online forums or discussion groups, and they're constantly engaging others about kind of what do you think and how are you learning and where have you seen other interesting ideas and here's an idea. Give me some input or feedback. And that's fantastic because you're really building an ecosystem of other people who likewise enjoy learning and growing. The third archetype is this immersive experience pursuers, right? They don't passively absorb information. They look for Opportunities to dive all in. They want to analyze it, they want to synthesize it, they want to aggressively look for how to apply that learning as quickly as possible. And they create work that apply or demonstrate their newly discovered knowledge uh, in presentations, in mashups, in idea hackathons, in media artifacts but they immerse themselves in that learning opportunity. Last but not least of a four archetypes of lifelong learners is a proactive educator. These people openly share what they learn, what they discover, what they uncover, or what they modify. And believe it or not, by teaching others how to access new information, how they can get uh, you know insights from other Uh, opportunities around them, they moderate forums and panels, create video tutorials and documentation. And through all these exercises, they themselves learn a great deal and they grow through that process. So which one are you? And are you doing any of these things? And as 2020 taught you that the more of this type of lifelong learning that you do, the more adaptive you become. The more resilient you become, the more you build your ability to not just see new challenges, but much more quickly overcome those obstacles. That's an example of the fundamental difference between linear growth and nonlinear growth. So again, linear, 45 degree angle, you know, line, straight line, bottom left to the top right, right? It's a straight line. It doesn't consider scale. You're learning at an accelerated pace through multiple sources. It fails to capture any kind of a feedback loop mechanism because most of us learn something, apply it, figure out, ooh, I screwed that one up. Let me do that again differently, right? And it's fairly static, but it's familiar. We get it. We understand it. So what I want you to think about is really learn about non-linear growth. Again, think of more of a hockey stick in 2020. And specifically, here are five steps in really accelerating your relevance in ways to help you learn much more in that hockey stick shape. Number one, intentional and proactive kind of efforts for deep reflection. By that, I mean, how can you create I don't, I don't believe, by the way, most of us make enough time to do this, right? But how can you carve out, how can you calendar block some time? I'm indifferent whether it's after work, hey, during the day I'm busy, fine. Early in the morning, after work, weekends, once a month. The key is to block off specific time to reflect and really create a set of skills, knowledge, and behavior gaps. That's the whole point of this reflection. So... Creating that space for not just appreciation and gratitude, but also grace for all that you have, all that you've accomplished, all that uh, you're blessed to enjoy, not just the shortcomings, right? I, I don't know about you. It's very easy for me to think about all the things I'm not doing or all the things that I want to do that I don't have time or get to and not be grateful for, look, I'm healthy and you know, family's fine and I'm more than busy with work and I'm... Right, Doing all these great things, and yet here are other places where I want to continue to raise the bar on not just what I do and how I do it, but who I am. So the way I know how to do this, the way I recommend, the way I coach people really diving into this opportunity for reflection is ask more meaningful questions. So, for example, where do I believe I am today in this kind of personal, professional growth journey? What do I believe is going particularly well? What am I most excited about? What am I most proud of? Uh, and, and by the way, where are my growing edges? You wouldn't be human if you didn't screw up, right? I'm, again, a mentor says to me all the time, and I love this, it's amazing how stupid I was two weeks ago, right? The things that we do, those, those bad decisions are what creates experiences. Oh, that didn't go well. Let's not do that again. That then allows us to make hopefully better decisions next time. What do I enjoy learning? How and what are the sources of past positive experiences? What am I most curious about? If you're not asking these questions, how do you expect to learn and grow? Beyond passive efforts, one of my favorite questions of leaders is, tell me how you're learning beyond just a rad race, beyond that just trying to figure out which end is up and what do I gotta get done today? I know I've got 75 things on my calendar. How are you learning? How are you growing? What are the best sources for that growth? Now some are very passive, right? I read. Okay, great. right? I read books, I read magazines, I read online sources. Great. How are you being proactive? How are you exploring immersive and experiential learning opportunities? How can you extend that learning beyond your professional development and look for opportunities? that bring you a, a real job, right? Help expand your horizon, explore new hobbies and potential passions. In the last month alone, I've probably have taken 50, 60 liters through the HBDI assessment. It's the Herman Brain Dominance Instrument. And Ned Herman, uh, ran Crodenville, which was GE's leadership development program for 30 plus years. And he was really perplexed of these amazing managers that came through the program. And for whatever reason, they didn't succeed moving forward. So over 30 years of research, 3 million people have taken this assessment. And I've, by the way, I've been through nine different ones from Myers-Briggs and Hogan and Berkman and DISC and StrengthFinder. And HPDI is the only one that I found that really focuses on our dominant thinking preferences not not competencies preferences so as we review and we debrief these individual leader profiles i i discovered often that what they do at work it, it often is is completely disengaged in their hobbies and what they do when there's not a deadline or pressure and and research shows right let's say you're highly analytical you're highly process-oriented. If you can infuse creativity and relational activities in your hobbies, in your downtime, it actually helps you stretch like a rubber band those preferences at work, those interactions with others. So it's a phenomenal opportunity to take one part of your life and create an exceptional growth opportunity, a, a learning and growing edge in another part of it more importantly what am i doing to pass those learnings on to others how am i coaching mentoring or guiding others in their journey so making time for this kind of intentional proactive reflection is the first step right so the second one is redefining success i was having coffee with a ceo that i admire immensely and one of the things we talked about is amazing how enjoyable it has been to be forced right? Not to travel. And look at what we're doing. Most of us are spending more time with our loved ones. Increasingly, we're getting more comfortable socially distant, right? And responsible, but seeing friends and getting caught up. I have this wine and cheese gatherings, again, socially distant, my front porch. And friends who live close by or or others who know where I live come over and we sit on the front porch. Don't laugh. There's these rocking chairs and we visit and we people watch and we get caught up on both sides and what you think might be a half an hour, 45, and it turns into an amazing kind of two-hour visit. And, it's, and it feel, it's their soul enriching, right? It feels good to reconnect. So redefining success is really the second step. And unfortunately for a lot of leaders I know, their surroundings have driven their definition of success, right? Money. Let's be honest that the compensation is, is, is often has been traditionally yardstick for a lot of us. Power, right? How big is my organization? Influence, ooh, I got invited to that hush, hush, you know, mergers and acquisition conversation, right? Title, did you know I'm um, global EVP of size of their homes and exclusivity of their neighborhoods they live in, the clothes they wear, the cars they drive, the schools their kids attend, etc, etc, etc. And yet, they come to the stark reality, often, unfortunately, in the fall or winner of their careers, like right about now, that what they own actually owns them. And none of the material things in their lives actually brought them happiness, fulfillment or sense of accomplishment. We keep buying things, accumulating things to impress people we don't like. Right. <laughs> Guilty. this is the part in church when your spouse nudges you and the pastor says something that your spouse reminds you are you listening are you awake right guilty buying things accumulating things doing things boasting about things to people we don't like so what if you recalibrated what really brings you joy what do you really enjoy doing and and is anybody excited about going back to the rat race Right? I again, I was on the road 208 days last year. I I love getting on planes and going seeing clients and friends and but was all of it really necessary? Will all of it be necessary again? Because one thing we've learned in 2020 is amazing how much we can get working from, you know, get done working from home and being really productive remotely and still engaging. Does it does it match the energy and the excitement and the engagement opportunity of being on a stage and there's 200 or 2,000 or 20,000 people in front of me? No. But do I have to get on a plane to go across the country for one meeting? Yeah, probably not. And look at the opportunity cost of missing that time with loved ones, missing that real connection with fewer people, but creating a deeper engagement, a deeper interaction, a more meaningful interaction with them, right? So number one, we're talking about uh, five steps in accelerating your relevance. One was an intentional proactive effort for deep reflection. Two was redefining success, what really matters to you, what makes you happy, what's a good intersection between your avocation and your vocation three is examining your personal what i call refraction points now i'm going to take you back to i think high school physics when you may have first heard of this concept but when light shines through think of a glass of water or a prism do you remember it bending and do you remember those different like the different you know colors showed up in that prism right or gave you a different path Well, I believe, and in the book I talk a lot about a personal S-curve, right, in in reinventing yourself. A personal opportunity to learn and grow. And in that S-curve, right, I believe we all reach this plateau. We all reach this point where we're either challenged, you know, or we feel stuck, or we're not growing, or it just feels like a grind, that I'm not getting anywhere, and right? It's this, it's this early stages. And, and when you dig deeper into it, you realize that it's this early stages of actually burnout, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It's been coming on for some time. And the worst thing you can do is we can ignore it, right? But you realize you've definitively reached a place where you have to change, where you're going to have to do certain things very differently, where, right, status quo isn't as exciting I call those in that in that trajectory a refraction point. And by the way, if that light comes through that intersection changing right environment at a at a straight line, it will just go right through. Only when it changes its angle, it will do a couple of things. It will actually speed up, but also it will bend. So when you're thinking about your personal refraction points do you know where those are can you pinpoint times where not only i'm frustrated and i don't feel like i'm making the progress i want to make i'm not learning i'm not growing i'm I'm becoming complacent i've always said the day you stop learning and growing you you actually do become complacent and and you're no longer valuable to your biggest asset which is your portfolio of relationships So what has to happen for you to change the angle of that approach, to speed up through it, and more importantly, see multiple options on the other side, examining those personal refraction points. And in the book, I talk a lot about specifically how to do this and specifically how to get better at this. But when you do that, when you create those opportunities, you accelerate your learning, you accelerate your growth, you accelerate the the relationships that you surround yourself with and you learn from and learn through. So those refraction points also become a fantastic opportunity, not just learn and grow, but learn and grow from very specific relationships that are enablers, that are boosters, that are accelerants to that growth, which leads me to point number four adapt and accelerate your learning. So if you narrow the scope of what you need to learn right now and jump right into highly interactive and immersive experiences to apply what you've learned immediately, you'll learn how to do this faster and more often. Scott Young is the author of a book called Ultra Learning, Master Hard Skills, Outsmart the Competition, and Accelerate Your Career. And he taught himself a four-year MIT computer science curriculum through their open course platform in twelve months. So not only accelerated, learning exactly what he wanted to learn, but he started immediately applying it. And his his litmus test was could I pass the final? Could I pass the exam at the end of each course? Could I actually do the coding? And could I start to put these pieces together and feel confident and capable of moving forward? If he didn't, he went back and relearn some of those key sections. I'm not advocating you shrinking four-year MIT degree into a year, but this idea of accelerating your learning and adapting kind of what do you need to learn? What do you need to learn now? One of my biggest frustrations with a lot of our, whether it's K through 12 education or higher ed or even corporate learning and development is Let's learn something at some point in the future and like food, intellectual food, we'll just kind of soak it in and maybe, maybe not at some point it will come in handy versus, right? Almost like that uh, movie Matrix, right? I wish there was a way to you know, plug in, I need to learn Kung Fu or I need to learn how to fly a helicopter right now. How do I gain that knowledge, that skill? I need to learn how to behave in this really difficult time of really uncomfortable conversations around race because I don't know what to say. I don't know how to engage others. What I can do is learn how to ask better questions. I can surround myself with other intelligent, engaging, cognitively diverse thinking people and ask, what do you believe that comes from? How can I learn more? How can I make a difference, right? So adapting and accelerating your learning, step four. Number five, my favorite, obviously, relational relevancy. How do I surround myself with relationships that are relevant to that growth? So to bring this idea of accelerating your relevance home, the step five is about this intentional injection an inquiry, and and I'm excited about this idea of a curvebender's roadmap. So in this campaign of intentional, strategic, quantifiable relationships, most of your relationships may spend time with you to listen to an idea or perspective. Some are going to provide a unique perspective, ask a really compelling question, or elevate your thinking. Only your most strategic relationships. Will be really curious to understand what you do with their input, and actually expect you to follow through in your interactions with them. They wanna, they wanna witness your personal and professional growth, right? They want a front row seat to how you think, how you'll lead, how you'll learn, how you'll grow. They want to see that growth, almost like um, as a parent, right? How cool is it to see our kids learn something new? And when they apply it and they, you, know, the light, you see the light bulb go off and t- you know, top of their heads, ooh, right? Similarly, your most valuable relationships want that for you. So not only will they change your lens, change your angle in that refraction point I mentioned, but they want to see how the options you identify and which option you select and why did you select it? They want to better understand your discernment between these options. They want to highlight incredible growth opportunities for you on the other side of that refraction point. And I talk about there's only three ways to go, right? You're going to bend that curve, bend that learning the wrong direction. You're going to stay flat or you're going to accelerate and really come out of that point where you're stuck with gusto choice is often yours yeah the choice is yours of how you embrace that learning how you embrace that growth are you open-minded are you asking the right questions are you analyzing different options and are you doing this in a systematic discipline hopefully accelerated pace so these five steps these five ideas i believe will dramatically help you build on 2020 and this idea of nonlinear growth in 2020 and how to really think, how to accelerate, how to link these learning opportunities one to the next. And here's why this should matter to you. Here's why this I believe this idea of nonlinear growth is important. Most executives I'm speaking to, most leaders that are getting through 2020 are learning how to live with this pandemic. They're learning how to adapt. They're learning one day at a time. At first, it was a massive shock. Um, And as long as it has lasted, and and now in many ways, unfortunately, many of us fear kind of the second wave of of this pandemic. We're all learning how to live with it. The challenge for a lot of leaders I'm speaking with is, will I be ready? How will I be ready for the next one? The next global disruption may not be a pandemic. It could be a natural disaster. It could be cyber. It could be something else that completely shuts down our economies, the way we work, the way we live, the way. What if it was cyber and you suddenly couldn't be? Think of all the knowledge workers that couldn't be online. How would we get things done? Do we go back to smoke signals? Right. Right. What if it was a natural disaster? God forbid that created that next global disruption? How resilient are we? Have we have we exercised that resilient quotient enough? Are we learning and growing fast enough? We, you know, there's a lot of information out there about the speed of innovation. How about the speed of adoption? How quickly can we adopt new ideas and integrate them into what we do and how we do it? I believe that's what's gonna set two equally competent, capable leaders apart. One is just going to be able to learn and adapt and grow and apply and create impact dramatically faster than the other. And that will be your sustainable differentiator moving forward. Whether you're just in the spring of your career and coming out of school or grad school or First few years of working, you're in the summer, you're kind of hitting your strides, you're doing your thing. In the fall, you're trying to really understand the wisdom you've gained over the years and maybe pass some of that on, and, but you're still hustling. And even in the winter of your career, are you still learning and growing to remain relevant? That's what 2020 has taught me. It is time an enormous opportunity for nonlinear growth. If you've listened to the Curvebenders podcast for a few episodes, you know that I'm writing the Curvebenders book on why strategic relationships will power your nonlinear growth in the future of work. This will be book number 11 with tools, ideas, insights, case studies, great interviews like the one you heard today. In essence, what you need to create a personal and professional growth roadmap in your future of work. I'm excited to begin sharing key sections with the members of our Nor Forum community. So go to norgroupcom slash forum and check out the Curve Bender's thread for more details. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Curvebenders podcast on 2020 as the year of nonlinear growth. Here are three key takeaways. Number one, I believe the only way for you to remain relevant in the future is to become more proactive, immersive, and adaptive learner. Think about it. More proactive, so instead of passively just soaking things in, more immersive, how do you jump in with both feet? And adaptive how do you quickly figure out what skills knowledge behaviors you need right now learn those and immediately apply them number two linear growth is no longer going to suffice you got to find opportunities to bend that curve so instead of a straight line how do you find opportunities for the hockey stick in how you learn new skills how you acquire and apply those skills to acquire the knowledge And how do you modify your behaviors? In my experience, behaviors are never a switch, they're always a dial. How do you dial up some behaviors that are really conducive to that growth and how do you dial back the ones that are not helping you? Number three, I shared five steps in remaining relevant from deep immersive inquiry to redefining success, what's really important to you, finding your refraction points in that growth, where are you stuck, where do you feel burned out, how do you change your lens direction accelerate through that process to see other options? How do you adapt your learning? And much more importantly, and something near and dear to my heart, how do you leverage your relationships to accelerate that process? Are you surrounding yourself with intelligent, engaging people that are gonna push you to think and lead very differently? I'm so thankful for our listeners on the Curvebenders podcast. I want to keep producing great content, most beneficial to your personal and professional growth in this idea of future of work. So I'd love to hear your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on the various social media channels. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm using the hashtag Curvebenders podcast. So make sure you follow that for all of our latest updates.